it's time for the Catalyst Midweek Podcast, where we continue the conversation from this past week's message. Hey, welcome to the Catalyst Midweek Podcast, where we continue the conversation from this past week's sermon. My name is John Kelly. I'm the Discipleship Minister here at Catalyst, and this is Rob Harlemert, our Youth Minister. Uh, The main thing this week is no one can control you but you. We've been doing a whole series on the uh, fruit of the Spirit, and this was the final sermon in that series on self-control. Rob, um, what did you think about the message yesterday, and what did you kind of what kind of sticks out in your mind from what you heard yesterday? Uh, I really appreciate it. I, I love the way that Dave talked about self-control. Um, I would say the majority of self-control sermons are about pornography mm. and lust, and he did not go that route. Um, I think I don't, he didn't even mention it. Honestly, yeah, I don't and think he did. I would say the majority of people, if they hear that, they're like, "Oh, I've heard this before," and they just tune out, which is horrible to think about that they tune out whenever we start talking about like the biggest issue. Yeah, um, one of the biggest issues um, in the United States or in the world today. Uh, but he didn't do that, and I, I really appreciate. It. We had a great testimony on sta- on, on on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a great job uh, talking about how self control uh, impacted their life where they realized that they weren't controlling their life, and then they implemented self-control and just the vast difference it made in their life. Well, and even how their relationship with God helped them to maintain that self-control. Absolutely. And I I loved that that output of it because there was redemption in the end. Mm -hmm. Most of the time it's like, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. And nobody... You can take sermons like that every once in a while, or talks, like just getting beat in the head. Okay, I probably shouldn't do that. I probably shouldn't do that. Um, but the redemption from that yeah. is what will, will cause people to follow, every which time. is super cool. What do you What did you think, John? Um, I liked, like almost right off the bat, he went from the I can't to I won't argument. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, I, I can't stop spending, I can't stop eating, I can't control my mouth, I can't let things go. He said, the truth is, when you're saying that, that's not what you're saying. Yep. You're saying, I won't stop spending, mm-hmm. I won't stop eating, I won't control my mouth, I won't let things go. Yeah. Um, this idea that we choose what we do. Yeah. Nobody chooses for us, we're the ones that choose. Mm-hmm. And so, in every life situation, whether it's uh, your family finances whether it's fidelity in your marriage, whether it's things like what you were talking about, like pornography, you know, things like that. Yeah. It, you know, you choose to do those things. Nobody chooses those for you. Yeah. Um, and to say you can't, um, that really diminishes the power of God in your life. Yep. And that, um, I, I think for me, that sticks out a lot from yesterday. Because I think I'm like everybody else. I think you've probably been there too. There's been things you've been challenged to do and you're just like, I can't do it. Yeah. And uh, the truth is you just won't. Yeah. You just choose not to do it. Absolutely. But instead of being willing to tell the truth yeah. and say, I just won't do it, yeah. you try and make it as though you, there's no way you can do it. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows it. That's dancing for me. It is. I it hate is. dancing. You don't like dancing? No. I don't like doing things I'm not good at. You're so graceful, though. That's, okay. That's, dan- <laughs> that's dancing. I hate dancing. That, I, I hate it. And I won't do it. I won't. I'll say it. I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, now I'm kind of, I kind of want to see you dance. No, uh, don't, I won't do it. It's uh, horrible. Fair I'm not enough. Doing it. Fair I'm enough. not doing it. I won't try and force that and, on you. And it's even funny because Dave got on this. Uh, I, I've said, I've used that phrase before, I can't, mm-hmm. um, before in the office. And Dave will say, you mean you won't? And then I look at him and say, don't tell me what to do. 
And then he just shakes his head and, and laughs at me. Uh, but he's right. He, he really is. If, if you say you can't do something, um, if it's not physically challenging to you, like mm-hmm. obviously I can't pick up a car. Really? No, I can't. Man, you've been working out so hard. I know, but I still can't That's pick up a crazy. car. Maybe one day, yeah. but right now I, I cannot. We'll pray about that. I, okay. But I, I just won't. <laughs> I, I, I can't pick up a car. Right. I've tried and I can't. Now, most things in our life, the challenges and barriers in our life, uh, I heard a great quote oh, last week. It says, if Satan can't destroy you, he will distract you. Absolutely. And one thing that, that he loves to put in front of us is the things that we don't have, we don't have self-control on. Mm-hmm. And he'll just put it in front of you and put it in front of you. He'll, he'll use it as a way to escape. Um, and most of these things that we won't stop doing is things that we enjoy. Like, mm-hmm. and most of them aren't actually like devastating, like right off the bat. Most of them are like, it, it happens over time. And the person who did the interview actually said that he goes, it didn't, this wasn't just like day one, I became this way. No, it's like yeah. a steady over time of this giving up your self control over uh, the certain objective in your way. Or taking control of your self control. Yeah. Because I think that's really for me was a thing I kind of picked up yesterday was this idea that we are out of control. Yes. And we need to take control. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's where, well, that's where the problem is. Um, we're willing to give up the control. That's why we say things like, I can't. Yeah. Well, if that's not true, that means you don't have control over your own life. Mm-hmm. You don't have control over what you're doing. Yeah. Somebody else does. Mm-hmm. So who is that? Yeah. And, um, I loved, I loved the testimony. Uh, it really spoke to me. It's something I've struggled with for years, and that's that's my weight. And uh, it's one of the members of our church named Jamie who got up there and talked about the fact that he's lost 120 pounds in the last year. Yeah. 120 pounds. He, uh, he's been committed. I actually talked to him after the service. He said in, in that whole time, in that whole time that he's been dieting, five days he came off of mm-hmm. his diet. Yeah. Five days total. Yeah. That's crazy. Usually it takes people five days to be off the diet. Exactly. You yeah. know, yeah. And, and in the last year, five days. Mm-hmm. And he just said, you know, that, that I had to turn this over to God. You're in control. And since you're in control, I'm going to trust you and I'm just going to do this. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like the idea of self-control is understanding, first of all, that to have self-control, you have to realize that you don't have control. Mm-hmm. And you have to take it back. Yeah. And you have to be willing to say no. Um, I always think about people who, uh, who who are out of control, and so they try to control every situation around them. Yeah. You know, it's, he quoted John Cleese who said, "People who cannot control their emotions have no choice but to control the actions of others." Yeah. And that is so true. Okay. I mean, how many people have you met that are control freaks when they're with other people? Yeah. They want to be in charge of everything. But if you were to go to their house, it's probably a complete disaster. Which is funny because I, when he said that, I didn't. I was like, really? Like, I I kind of disagree with him at first. I was like, I've never... And maybe it's just because I never put those two together. Yeah. I was like, I think... I just always thought there's some people that are just control freaks. They like being in control. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really thought of it that way. But the more he talked about it, I was like, okay, well, maybe there are people mm-hmm. around me that the reason they're control freaks is because there's probably mass chaos around them. And they're just trying to grasp something and, yeah. and be in control of it. Uh, Everybody wants control of something. Yeah. Everybody so. does. It doesn't matter who they are. They yeah. want to have control of something. That's why a lot of times the parents who struggle with child abuse, 
are the parents who their whole world is insane. Yeah. And so they see this child who is weak mm-hmm. and can't really fight back, and it's the only thing they can have control over. Okay, yeah. And yeah. and so they command control over this child, mm-hmm. and it's horrible mm-hmm. because they have no self-control in their life. And it's 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 amazing how many people struggle with this. I've uh, Being in ministry now for 23 years, mm-hmm. uh, I've seen so many people who that's what their struggle is. Yeah. Life is out of control, so I'm going to find this one thing, and I'm going to own it. I watched a, a, a teen choir director fall apart on me. I knew things were rough at home, but we were having a meeting, and she made the statement. We said we were going to move the teen choir to being every other year. By the way, if, if, uh, if you haven't been in church many years, back in the 90s there was this thing called teen choir. And I truly believe it was from Satan um, <laughs> because it always seemed to divide youth groups. Yep. And there are probably some people listening right now who are just mad at me for even saying that. But I've yeah. never experienced a teen choir that ended up helping a youth ministry. It always seemed to be know. everything in the youth ministry became about this teen choir. And a, a church that I served at had one, and, and that started to happen. And we decided what we're going to do is move the teen choir to every other year. Okay. And this lady who was in, in charge of it blew up into tears and yells out as loud as she can, that is my ministry. Yeah. Truth comes out. Yeah. It was hers. Yeah. And she wanted control. Mm-hmm. And the moment that control was starting to be pulled away, yeah. she grabbed on for everything she could have, and she became very angry and very mean. Yeah. And it's amazing how people who cannot control themselves, they try to control others or at least control other situations. Yeah. I... I, I'm still I still struggle with it a little bit though. Yeah. Because I, I don't know I just I when I see I, I believe it I, I think it does happen. Yeah. But I just I never put the two together. I, honestly I that's crazy to me that I went throughout my entire life with controlling people all around me and I just never assumed oh there might be something going on at home or if I knew there was something going on at home or maybe their mental state wasn't great I just never put it together I just thought they were crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. And there it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is right there. Yeah. I don't know. I, now I know. Okay. There's connection there. Well, Dave's third point, he said, is the secret self-control is becoming fully satisfied in God. Now, when you hear that, what does that mean for you? Uh, I He talked about um, the desire to need. Like, I need this. And if you're fully satisfied with God, you don't need anything. Um, and I, I completely agree with it. Uh, there's been plenty of things in my life where I just, I, I would cut out. I would ask God, hey, God, if this, if I can't adapt this into ministry, I probably, just tell me to stop. And mm-hmm. I'll stop doing it. Um, and that's, I think it's so true. Whenever you fill yourself with God, your desire to buy things um, or whatever it is for people. I would say mine for a long time was buying things. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot. Just I would go buy something. And uh, I don't think it was there for a long time in my life, maybe my high school years. Um, when I was had a job, I had no bills. I just spent my money the way I wanted. Yeah. And if I wasn't filled with God um, and, and his bride, the church, I would just buy stuff. And then whenever I found the church and it's like, that's that's all I want. And I don't you don't need anything when you have that mm-hmm. uh, that that's what I immediately thought of just the change in my life um, when it, when you're filled up you don't need anything 
Well, it was like interesting because in the in the testimony that Jamie did, mm-hmm. he talked about as he was eating more nutrient dense foods. Yeah, he said he wasn't eating as many calories, but he felt fuller. Mm-hmm. And the the truth is, with your body, when you fill it with the things it needs, yeah, it doesn't ask you for more. No, because it it has what it needs. Yeah, and we eat so much food that has no nutrient quality to it at all, yeah. um, basically devoid of nutrients a lot of times in the food we eat, that it, our bodies are still hungry, not because we need more food, but because we never got the nutrients and the yeah. vitamins and the minerals and the things that our body needs. Yeah. And I would say that in our lives, when we aren't filling our lives with Christ, when we aren't filling our lives with the church and with God's will, um, our body keeps yearning for more. I, I think... When it's it's that same thing. If you if you're not getting the nutrients you need, yeah. you're gonna need more. I think that's why you have so many uh, people in Hollywood and the music industry and billionaires and all these people who commit suicide or yeah. find themselves caught up in scandal mm-hmm. or you know because if if they're not led by Christ, they're always gonna need more. That's true. Yeah. And until until they fill that void with what they need, Jesus. Yeah. They're going to be wanting more. Mm-hmm. They're going to want more. And they're going to look for it in the weirdest places because they can't understand why. Why isn't the money fulfilling the need? Yeah. Why aren't the women fulfilling the need? Why, isn't, why aren't the drugs fulfilling the need? Yeah. Why isn't the power fulfilling the need? It's because they're not looking in the right place. Yeah. Um, instead of eating um, at least one salad a day, they're just eating buckets and buckets of French fries. Yeah. You know, and, and they're just not getting what their body needs. And as a result... Um, they lose control. That's true. That is 100% true. Um, mine's Sour Patch Kids. Sour Patch Kids? I love Sour Patch Kids. Really? It is so bad. And th- I wouldn't say that my real... Well, I can say. If I'm stressed out at work, or um, if I'm stressed out, or if anything's going on in my life, I can go up to my office, you know, watch a movie... Maybe play some video games. And if I have Sour Patch there, I'll just eat them all. And what I should be doing is going to God, saying, hey, God, this is an annoyance in my life. Um, give me direction or take it from me or anything. And anytime I do that, I'm cool. Mm-hmm. But if I don't, I'm, I go up and eat Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> my, my personal one is, is, is a close cousin to the Sour Patch Kids. What it's, is that? It's the Gummy Bear. Gummy Bear. Ooh. Uh, okay. I mean, man, I can... I can I can ruin some gummy bears, man. Oh, I can ruin. Some. I can ruin some gummy bears really quick. Oh man, I. Yeah. But that's so true. There's. Yeah. I, I remember. Um, it was big. I think people. St- you talked about the empty void. Yeah. And we, we would use that in youth ministry all the time, especially when I was in youth ministry. It's like you, they, you have this. You have your body, and there's this one spot that's supposed to be for God. Mm-hmm. The only thing that can fill that spot is God. Mm-hmm. Everything else, you put it there, it's gonna go away. You put it there. And we're searching for fulfillment, but we sometimes mistake uh, like happiness for fulfillment. Mm-hmm. When we need to be filled with joy um, and the fruit of the spirit, and mine is Sour Patch Kids. I want to fill that hole with Sour Patch Kids. It's funny. My daughter, she's yeah. two years old, and uh, she has one of those toys that has the cutouts of the different shapes, and you have to put the little shapes yeah. in the right shape. That's good. I like that. And uh, when she was about a year younger, she's about a year mm-hmm. and a half old. Um, she would get so frustrated. And it was always with the star and the plus sign. 
Okay, because it's close. Because they look close together. Yeah. But neither one fit in the other one. Yeah. And so she would beat on it and she'd yell at it and she'd look at me and she'd get this look and <laughs> and, and she would just get so frustrated because why aren't you fitting where I want you to go? Yeah. And and you think about that, man. Sometimes we're a bunch of two year olds getting mad at a little toy yeah, exactly. that won't work the way we want it to, exactly. you know? Exactly. And and that's when we lose control. Yeah. Because we're so frustrated because what we think should work isn't working when the reality is we need to become fully satisfied in God. Oh, I know. I know. hundred percent. And a lot of the time it comes, um, I, I, I've, now that I think about it, you know, when, when things are going crazy in your life, uh, it's, I want to, I, I need to take control of the situation that's in my life. Mm-hmm. Not, okay, God, I need to remove myself from the situation and walk with you and where you want me to go. It's always, and it's even, this even sounds terrible. Sometimes it's, I'm in the situation, God, come into my situation and fix it. Yeah. Like we can control God in some way. Mm -hmm. Like we have this almighty power to be like creator of the universe, fix me instead of us saying, no, okay, God, I'm going to remove myself from this world and go with you and walk with you. It's a Santa Claus mindset about Jesus. So, and it's almost, that's good. Yeah, that's that's very true. And gimme, 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 gimme. Yeah. And if you don't, you don't love me. And and when you think about self-control, it's, it's not you being in control, but walking with God and choosing to walk with God. and That places you in control. Which places you in control. Because yeah. you, when you give your burdens to Him, you, you can walk freely. Mm-hmm. And when, when we have the, the goal in the front of our mind, which is we're going to go to heaven, we don't have to worry about the things of this world. Yep. And that's self-control right there. I, to me, that's, I, I think that's where it comes from. Yeah, I agree. Well, I, I like this one statement he made. Um, he said, understand that your passions are trying to ruin you. Okay, yeah. I, I really like that. He, he quoted Romans 8, 5. He said, yeah. those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. And that's so true. Because mm-hmm. there are things we're all passionate about. Oh, yeah. That, um, quite honestly, aren't in God's plan. I'm going to shoot straight for a second. Okay. We're going to come out of the closet right now, but not that one. We are, we're going to let you know that we are huge Ohio State football fans. Oh, yeah. And I'm a very passionate Ohio State football fan. So am I. But I have to remember where that passion belongs. Yes, Because there are times when I'm watching a game and something dumb happens, and the thing I want to say is not the thing that should ever come out of my mouth, and I have to have control over that and not do that thing. Yes. Or when I come up on a Michigan fan who makes a snide comment. Oh, I, yeah. Got to control that tongue, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so I understand what he says when your passions are trying to ruin you because there's so many people, they get passionate about certain things. Yeah. And it can even be good things. Yeah. Um, you can be passionate about a certain ministry, mm-hmm. but so passionate to the point that you are unforgiving, graceless, and not understanding of anything outside of this ministry that you are passionate about. Yeah. And if other people are not on board with you, they're wrong. And that passion, which is about something good, yeah. suddenly turns to something completely ugly. Oh yeah. And it can cause all kinds of problems. Oh yeah. And I think I think Dave has said it many times. The thing you are the most passionate about is probably the thing you're the most lonely with. Oh yeah. Because other people aren't going to be as passionate yeah. as you are about the thing you're the most passionate about. That's true. So understanding your passions in such a way where you realize it's my passion but my passions aren't the end all be all for everybody else on the planet oh yeah it's so amazing how 
people can ruin friendships and, yeah. and really mess up relationships and um, just lose people. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's why God allows Ohio State to be so good. It's because we don't get frustrated very often. No, because we always win. We always win. Yeah. So whenever a Michigan fan comes up to me yeah. and gives me loudmouth, I just don't say anything because I know I'm better than them. Yeah. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's a given. It's just a given. So Why the, Kentucky fans love Ohio State so I, much? I have a story uh, about <laughs> w- that that exact, and it has to do with Ohio State, which is the funniest thing in the world that yeah. you said that. Yeah. Uh, it's so true because I used to get really frustrated at games. I don't get frustrated at games anymore. Yeah. I, I, I really don't. Um, there are a bunch of when I got older than the players, I started caring a little less. Yeah. I still get yeah. excited about they're it. They're just college kids. Now, now they're just college kids. I'm yeah. like, I now they're they're supreme athletes and bigger and stronger than I will ever be. But I remember I was in college. I was a junior. No, no, I was a senior. And uh, we were in the dorms, and me and my roommate had our bunk beds stacked. And uh, I had, we both had recliners, and my recliner was the one closest to the beds. And if Ohio State did bad, I would take the TV remote, and I would chuck it in his bed. Um, it didn't hurt anything. The controller would just, like, land in his pillows or his blanket, and it would just yeah. sit there. No harm done. Well, one day... Um, we were playing uh, Michigan State uh, my senior year, and we we lost two games that year, and that was the second game in the Big Ten Championship, I think. Oh, yes, in the Big Ten Championship, we lost that game. And I, the, the moment I realized that we were going to lose, I took my controller, like I always did, and I would chuck in his bed, but I missed the bed. Oh, did you hit the wall? No, I hit the desk. Oh. And it clipped it, and my controller exploded. And I just, I looked at it, and I immediately forgot about the game. I was like, I'm, I'm stupid. And mm-hmm. to this day, I have that same TV in, hanging up in my garage uh, for community group, and I still have the remote. So if you ever look at the remote or the controller, it, it's like cut or snapped right in half, and you, you'll That's know the story. And I realized that day, I'm like, why am I getting, I'm breaking this expensive thing because of a game. Yeah. And Again, it has no consequence on your life, in no, all honesty. Nothing. Outside of bragging rights with other people. Yeah, nothing. Now, since then, we've destroyed Michigan State pretty much every time we met oh, them. But, but that was a bad day. Yeah. So. And, and you're, you're so right. Like, um, the thing that you're so passionate about can ruin you. I look like an idiot mm-hmm. in front of all my friends. Yeah. They were all laughing at me and like, you're dumb. I'm like, yeah, I am. I am 100% dumb. And it was because of my passion. And people didn't want to watch Ohio State get with me the following year because <laughs> they're like, oh, you're just the guy that gets mad. Oh, yeah, we don't want to hang out with you. Yeah. yeah. And nobody likes the hothead. No. and Everybody I'm, stays away from the hothead. I'm no longer that person. That's good. You know, I've got um, these foam bricks. They look like actual bricks. Yeah. And they're called bad call bricks. Oh, is that what you... <laughs> and, and they actually say that on a bad call brick, and it has the Ohio State O, and I've got another one for the Cleveland Browns. I've had to use that one a lot more. That's um, but, uh, but I've got them so that I can chuck them at the TV, and it just bounces off and doesn't do anything to it nice. because they're made of foam. I need some of those. But, uh, but yeah, you know, you're right. It, it's amazing how much weight we put into things yeah. that don't hold really any consequence. And even the ones that do, yeah. we lose perspective on that thing's place in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to just completely mess up a relationship, mess up a friendship, mess up yeah. a family. Um, I mean, it doesn't take much. I know. It doesn't take much. And to be fully at peace with yourself and with God and other people is really the goal yeah. of all of this. And when you can be at peace with other people and you can fully chase after God 
it's like you said, you know, you will have control mm -hmm. because of who you're walking with. Mm -hmm. And the control comes from him, but it is your control. Yeah. And you choose to walk with him, and because mm -hmm. you choose to walk with him, that single choice transforms everything. Oh, yeah. Everything. That's so true. Well, I think we've covered it all. Yeah. I, I've, we could go on forever and tell stories about how we're not in control of anything. Find out some more about your addiction to Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> oh, I love Sour Patch Kids. I had no idea. Don't buy me Sour Patch Kids. That's not or funny. Or buy him a lot of don't Sour do Patch it. Kids. It's a trap. Don't do it. I, please don't I'm, do it. I'm actually going to put a huge bag on your desk tomorrow. Don't do it. I'm going to throw them back at you. And you're going to eat them. <laughs> don't tell me what to do. <laughs> uh, well, this is this has been the Midweek Podcast. Uh, if you've been blessed by this, if you think it's funny that I'm addicted to Sour Patch Kids, why don't you go and share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter or Instagram, point some people to it, email it to all your friends. Uh, we would love to continue the conversation with all of you. If you have any comments, go ahead and comment down below. Send us an email, text message about it. We would love to answer any of your questions. If you're on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you want, hit the notification bell. You'll get an email directly into your, email, uh, into your inbox every time that we post one of these. Um, that's been it. This is John Kelly. He's our discipleship minister. I'm Rob Harlemert. I'm the youth minister here at Catalyst Christian Church, and we'll see you next week.